Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. One man. Goodbye. Hello, Heisman. 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Everybody, welcome in to Billboard Material. This is kind of a bonus show, if you will, a bonus uh, link in our podcasting chain uh, that is going out here through May and June. Basically, anytime breaking news happens, which will be about once a week, we want to jump on and just record a very, very quick podcast to keep you guys in the loop as we get this podcast off the ground. Of course, I'm Mitch Mason. I'm joined by our producer on the ones and twos, really basically just down the street from me, Mr. Trey Reeves. Trey, how are we doing here on May 17th as we record this? Doing great, man. It's a beautiful night. We got some fun news to talk about. It makes it feel like the season's a little closer. So um, yeah, excited to get to break this down. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about it as well. A um, couple of headlining news items. Again, we want to keep it quick, but also we got to talk about some of these things. And Nothing has lit the college football world ablaze more than some scheduling drops that came out today. Uh, first of all, the Texas and Alabama game will be a noon kickoff. Not confirmed, but Fox has said that they will be broadcasting that game. And Joel, uh, Joel Klatt Joel, tweeted, he, yeah. he was basically saying it's going to be the big noon kickoff. Yeah, for- Joel Klatt. Uh, trumpeting his own horn as he does per usual uh should be him and gus johnson on the call which will be entertaining uh, what do we what do we feel about alabama and texas which will be the premier game in week two at noon in austin by the way i'm usually you know i love for these games to be big night games um yep. that's what you would want but if it's going to be at a different time, I actually do really like that noon window being a big game. Um, I really like the branding that Fox has decided to do there. It's a little annoying when we get these really big games that we're hyped up all offseason, especially these non-conference games, and you slap yeah. them at, we're in the central time zone, so it's brunch with the Big Ten or brunch with the Big 12 usually. Yep. But I like it. I like starting the day with a big matchup with implications if it's my team playing and i'm not going to the game i actually kind of enjoy that 11 a.m slot especially if you win um but yeah i mean is it a little annoying sure is it going to make for a more balanced day where all the games aren't backloaded absolutely so i'm here for it um yeah we'll see what happens 
Yeah, it's certainly that last point that you just made that it balances kind of the slate of games across your TV. That's a great point, honestly. Uh, You know, in a world where we have 14 different screens, it does free up one of those screens to, you know, put on a Western Kentucky game or whoever the heck is playing on CBS Sports Network. So, you know, it does do that. As as a fan of both of these teams, I'd be miserable, one, because it's going to be a thousand and five degrees in Austin. That, that uh, is the huge, huge yeah. downside to playing south of the Mason Dixon line in September. You gotta yeah. kick off after the sun goes down, or it's gonna be scary on the well, field and, and in the stands. And you know, I mean, there's not gonna be a drop of rain the entire week leading up to that. There's gonna be not a cloud in the sky come Saturday morning. It is going to be broiling. Um, and you know, we think back to college. I mean, dude, some of those, some of the most fun games, some of my best memories from watching college football come in those either early slots or maybe the uh, the the CBS you know prime time game at two thirty. But dude, you suffer for it, and those fans are going to bake. You know, if you're Texas, you know the conventional wisdom says Alabama is going to win by at least two scores. We'll see what Texas can put on the field. You know, we'll preview that game in due time when it comes about. But as a Texas fan right now, I'd be kind of hopping mad that this isn't a night game under the lights at DKR. Um, you know, I, I do like as a fan, I like having a big game or two to throw on at that 11 a.m. kick. You know, usually if you're not working on the weekend, you can sleep in. It's fun to have something to look forward to first and foremost. But this game for me, this belongs at night under the lights. I'm a little frustrated by it. But, you know, you're right. It's been a great branding play by Fox. They've truly, when they first started this whole pitch, this whole big noon kickoff, big noon Saturday, I thought it was the most annoying marketing tool ever. Like, oh, me too. Hey, yeah, it, like you are literally shoehorning the least premium spot and trying to sell it to me like it's you know the best. And I, I still don't think that it's a great time slot. Like if I'm a fan going, 11 a.m. is the last time that I want to be at a game. But, um, you know, like you said, for the casual fan, if you're not going, it's, it's pretty great to have that there. Um, the other games that they released, this was ABC and ESPN working together to release some of their matchups. Most notably, you've got Georgia versus Oregon, September 3rd. That's opening weekend. That's the 3.30 kick. And then you've got Notre Dame at Ohio State uh, later that night. So ABC with quite the double header yeah, to start what, the season. That's going to be a lot of fun. What a back-to-back to kick off the season. I am really excited about that. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's a perfect lead-in. Um, you get two cross-conference, cross-region powers in Oregon with um and of course the storyline of the former Dan Lanning yeah Dan Lanning making his Oregon debut against his former team in Georgia so I am really excited about that game and then that just bookends straight into Notre Dame Ohio State who we've already gotten some interaction when I posted that on our story um oh yeah some Buckeye fans are really excited to show off against Notre Dame a little bit so that's right. I yeah, they could seriously flex some muscle. It could also be a spot where maybe it's uh, you know Notre Dame catches them napping a little bit. That would certainly create a fun little storyline. Uh, Florida State the next day on Sunday plays uh, against LSU. I tweeted this out right after they released this, dude. You've got two fan bases that are very passionate and very emotional, 
and one of them is going to have a horrendous start to their week when they lose this game. Uh, that is uh, in Tallahassee, 7.30 kick on ABC. What, I think that what, one's in New Orleans, actually. Is it New Orleans? I could My be bad. wrong. Yeah, I think they're playing at the Superdome. I could no, be you're wrong. Right. You're, you're, okay. you're, I, I think you're right there. Uh, so practically a home game there for LSU, not Florida State still. Uh, you know, we talked about Florida State. They need some positivity in the worst way. And I don't know that they're going to get it week one against the Bayou Bengals. Uh, you know, LSU has a ton of question marks around them as well. Who's going to be their starting quarterback? What's it going to look like under Brian Kelly? Still, I think, give me LSU in this game. Again, we will preview that as we get closer to it. It is way too early to be placing money on these games, but from the if outside. you want to, it's out but there. But if you want to, betting lines are open. It is so. LSU, three-and-a-half-point favorite, um, yeah. closest of the big games in the uh, in the opening weekend. So, yeah, yeah if, you, if you're able and you have some disposable <laughs> income that you want to <laughs> donate to the local bookie, then yeah. have at it. That's right. Uh, later in the season, we get to the end of September, Wisconsin at Ohio State. Uh, no time listed for that game, but – you hope the Badgers are competitive this year, uh, you know, making a return to the Big Ten championship game. Uh, you've got Texas and Oklahoma on October 8th. Of course, that will be on ABC. We can assume that will be an 11 o'clock kick because it always is here in the central time zone. And then you've got Florida at Florida State. That will be a night game in the swamp on November 25th. Long, long way down the line. But, you know, I guess it is nice to know that will be on ABC. And, and man, you know, two rebuilding programs, really Napier and Florida, I think have some more momentum than Florida state does. I just want a game that late in December, or that late in November. Don't you? Oh yeah. And that's, they gave it the Friday night slot. That's, that's black Friday. And yep. so, yeah, all we can hope for is just a really fun, entertaining rivalry game. And I think it will be, I think that's Florida state could be battling for bowl eligibility. Florida is trying to establish themselves under a new coach. I think we'll get a fun game. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, next headline, we go to the wide receiver portal and you've had two names that have floated around the South, specifically around the University of Texas. Uh, today in the headlines, a J.I. Hall was all of a sudden rumored to not be on the Texas roster. He deleted a couple of Texas Instagram posts from his feed. Of course, he's the Bama wide receiver who got in trouble at Alabama, some disciplinary issues entered the transfer portal, committed to Texas, and then suddenly everyone is tweeting, oh my gosh, it's, you know, all kinds of unhappy things on the 40 acres. You know, Trey, we were talking about this beforehand. It seems like the riots and rebellions have been quelled. It We're in May. The semester's over. The kid hasn't enrolled yet. Yeah, it's, it's overreaction season, 100%. There's an this is why we get these game announcements right now, because there really is not a lot to talk about. Spring football's over. Freshmen, for the most part, unless they were early enrollees, have not made it to campus yet. They're still finishing up their senior year of high school. There's really not a lot to talk about. So anytime we get some possible story, it's going to get blown out of proportion. And that's exactly what happened here. Um, seems like it's much ado about nothing. I mean, it seems like even some of the issues at Alabama have been overblown a yeah. little bit by yep. rival fan bases trying to um, 
maybe just temper the excitement of Texas fans that they have for all this new talent they're bringing in. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like much ado about nothing, but it's May and it does give us something to talk about. So that's fun. Yeah, that's right. Well, the other wide receiver news connected to the University of Texas also connected to USC. Pitt transfer Jordan Addison is officially in the portal. He has been now for uh, the last couple of days. Of course, the Pittsburgh wide receiver that won the Bolitnikoff Award a season ago uh, played with Kenny Pickett. You know, really, when this story broke, I guess a week ago, maybe a little bit more than a week ago, um, you know, it didn't feel clean. It, it felt kind of scummy. This is certainly, you know, publicly Addison's camp has said, oh, this is about professional development. This is about getting drafted. Uh, this is about NIL, 100%. Um, big time programs have been offering Addison all kinds of money to leave Pitt, which, you know, understandably, I, you know, I get why you don't necessarily want to stay at Pitt. You've got a brand new offensive coordinator. You've got a brand new quarterback. Um, but there's no doubt that this has been NIL tampering by a number of programs. The top three that seem to be in his you know, inner circle, Alabama, Texas, and USC. The Texas visit appeared to go really well, although there was a bunch of controversy in that he was wearing number three on his Texas jersey in his pictures, which of course is the number that Quinn Ewers has been wearing oh, in all of the spring practices. That. Yep, yep. A lot of discussion on the Texas boards about who would get number three if Addison commits. Uh, of course, he had a great time in Austin. Took a bunch of pictures. Everybody was, you know, tweeting horns up and, you know, lock emojis. Like, oh yeah, this is a done deal. He's taking his official visit to USC, and Lincoln Riley is tweeting, you know, the the peace emoji, which also doubles as the fight on hand signal for USC. So, you know, make a prediction here. Where do you think Jordan Addison ultimately goes? Forty acres? Does he goes out? Does he go out west, or does he go to Alabama? You can never count Alabama out um, in any recruitment, transfer, high school, whatever. I personally think he's West Coast bound. Um, I think it just makes too much sense. You've seen Lincoln hit the portal extremely hard. And you and Sarkeesian has too in Austin, and so is Saban. Mm-hmm. But I think that just makes sense. That makes the most sense. For Addison, that makes the most sense for his career development. If you look at um, who, as a head coach, has developed more first-round wide receivers, it's definitely Lincoln Riley from his time at Oklahoma. Sarkeesian, he was the offensive coordinator for all these first-round Alabama wide receivers. But if it's really about pro development, wink, wink, then you would think that you'd go – learn under Lincoln Riley and that offense um, and get some good tape and really good exposure out on the West coast. I agree. I think if this is purely pro development, um, I think you go to USC. I'm going to say he ends up in the burnt orange and white. Um, I'm going to say that Texas not only has a swag factor going right now that um, he really seemed to enjoy. I mean, there were so many social media posts about it from him, from, you know, everyone with a camera phone in that room taking pictures with him on campus. You know, uh, there was rumors that he might be inking a deal with Raising Canes down in Austin. Of course, this was also the same weekend that Bijan Robinson signed his big Ferrari, or was it Ferrari or Lamborghini? It was Lambo. Lambo. He had yeah. a deal with Lamborghini of Austin. You know, there is a star power to Texas that, rightfully placed or not, 
has a lot of pull. And I just think ultimately that offense could be on paper very, very scary if Addison goes to Texas. So I'll say the 40 acres land him here. And, uh, you know, Bama, not out of it. It just, there hasn't been kind of the pomp and circumstance around him going to Bama, but you know what? Maybe that's how Nick Saban likes it. And maybe Saban is going to do the least surprising thing of all time and land yet another talented wide receiver. We'll see. Uh, last items here before we wrap up again, this quick bulletin board material episode, general booty, one of the best names in all of college face, uh, college football history. He has committed to Oklahoma was at Tyler junior college here in the Lone Star state. I personally thought he was bound for maybe a smaller school where he could start. Um, There was seemingly a little bit of traction around him going to New Mexico, which we were automatically going to rubber stamp that become big Lobos fans. But he goes to OU. I guess the plan for him is back up this year. And then hopefully he earns the starting quarterback spot next year. Cause I don't think you're displacing Dylan Gabriel there in, in Norman. Yeah, that would be a tough ask, but you know what? We're rooting for uh, General Booty. We are all in on General Booty on this podcast. Um, yep. And look, he was—it's hard not to be. Um, you know, he had a great season at Tyler Junior College last year. Threw for over three thousand yards. Um, he, guy who bounced around to I think four different high schools when he was in high school, finally settled and graduated from Allen here in the Metroplex um, mm-hmm. powerhouse here in the Metroplex. And um, yeah, I mean, he was an exciting prospect, not the guy that was getting all the D one offers. I think OU was his only power five offer out of junior college even. So I believe so. Um, yeah. Really interesting move for him. I think you're absolutely right that it's not a move to start this year, but um, with year of development, he could definitely compete. He definitely has a lot of, intangibles i'll say um <laughs> name, no name aside of course name aside no fun intended but yeah. um and of course we know that he is going to even if he's the fourth string in oklahoma make a ton of nil money uh just selling t-shirts so i was gonna well t-shirts i was gonna say fruit of the loom uh tommy john like let's why are we not inking this every, deal yesterday every frat boy in norman oklahoma is going oh, yeah. to have a general booty hat. Or- oh, yeah. Whatever whatever uh, OU's version of the warehouse is down in College Station, like <laughs> just uh, rename that because it's going to be all general booty merch. Um, and I'm sure there's many more jokes that uh, are going to be made later on this podcast as we go along. Last transfer note, Brandon Jennings, former at one time Bama commit, linebacker, then went to Maryland, followed Mike Loxley up there, had a decent season for Maryland, was kind of one of their better players on defense, transfers to Kansas State and literally has a cup of coffee in Manhattan, Kansas, does not play a down for them, uh, and immediately transfers out. He's going back home to Florida, and he's going to play for UCF. Your thoughts on Gus Malzahn getting, at one time, one of the best linebackers in the country, and I believe it was the 2020 class? Yeah, I, I, I mean, Malzahn has been, UCF was already a great program at the G5 level, obviously, before Malzahn, but Malzahn is taking it to the next level with the talent that they're getting, even in the transfer portal and um, from the high school ranks, too. 
I they're they're building for the Big Twelve, and this is a Big Twelve type transfer. You saw he was already at Kansas State, and I think personally he's probably a better fit at UCF than at Kansas State. Um, he would have, I think, he would have produced either either place regardless. But I think I really like the fit at UCF, um, and. Again, as they're making that transition, look for Gus Malzahn to be a major player in these uh, transfer portal decisions as guys are looking for an opportunity to play. And UCF is a great place to get exposure. And, you know, they're going to be in the middle of the playoff race if they can compete in the Big 12 in the next few years. Woo, hot take. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that makes more sense playing playing in the Big 12. I I, I would certainly agree. Not not in the American. I don't think, (laughs) I think we, I I think that ship sailed with, I think we kind of checked that box with Cincinnati last year. But once they make the Big 12, I mean, that we've talked about it with several schools. That's going to be a wide open conference. And if UCF can keep getting, talent they're in a talent rich state if they can keep getting guys like this in the portal look out yeah Uh, i was gonna say that was about to be blinking guy emoji like really (laughs) uh if you were saying ucf was in the playoff conversation this year this year Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) hey hey stay stay tuned for our conference previews trey's got a hot take that you're gonna love to hear here in a couple of months all right guys well that will do it for the first edition of billboard material again just a very quick hitter toss Uh, tossing around some headlines from this third week of May. Again, follow us on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter, at 3TechPod. You can also write in the show at 3Tech, at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Uh, If you've got headlines that you would like us to discuss on these episodes or our regular installments as well, we would be happy to shout you out uh, on air as well. For Trey Reeves, I'm Mitch Mason. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Until next time, so long, everybody.